hey, uh, today the sermon title is just simply, Why Fast? <laughs> right? That's what, we're, that's what we're talking about. Why fast? Uh, I, I was trying to just debate on what to, what to preach on today, and I you know, was praying with the Lord. I had another direction. I thought I'd save it. I thought today, um, let's just do the fun topic. In fact, someone in our prayer time before service was saying, Lord, we just somehow, as he's teaching on fasting, may the joy of the Lord spring up. And I was like, man, this is going to take a little bit of a miracle this morning for there to be joy in fasting. No, um, it, there really is joy in this. I want to I share a little bit about fasting. Um, I want to give you some practicals. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but I guess in, in a group this size, there's some of you that have never fasted uh, in your life, probably. There's some of you that maybe you've done it. It's been a long time. Maybe there's a few of you that it's like, no, every week, you know, we, we, we do that. Uh, I want to share a little bit about this. Um, and we're also, we're going into starting January 1 through January 20 as a church body. We're going to take some time in fasting. And so I wanted us to, to talk about that this morning. You guys ready? All right. Everyone, I, I'm, I'm seeing just great countenances, lots of joy in this place, good smiles. Everyone's waiting for a joke. Here's our main thought today. When combined with prayer, fasting kills my flesh, activates my spirit, and brings clarity to the voice of God. Oh, kills my flesh. Everyone's like, oh joy, right? Okay, whatever. Right. <laughs> when combined with prayer, fasting kills my flesh. It activates my spirit and brings clarity to the voice of God. Um, in the Bible, fasting was often practiced uh, to bring breakthrough to bring um, direction, to bring revelation, or um, at, at oftentimes even in the Old Testament, it, it accompanied repentance or mourning and things like that. And so we want to talk, you know, in, uh, in the New Testament, it, it's definitely practiced. It, it, all throughout the New Testament, we see, we see fasting. It's just, it's not as prominent as it was in the Old Testament, and there's not as much teaching. Um, some, you have to kind of dig a little bit, and so I want to I share a few things, but um, it absolutely is practiced in the New Testament. Jesus uh, fasted for 40 days. Anyone done, done one of those? 40 days? 40-day fast, Jesus did that, and it, and it preceded his um, earthly ministry. Um, it, was, it was talked about in the Gospels. Paul fasted. They fasted right before, uh, right before they kind of anointed uh, Paul and Barnabas to go. And they, so the, the early church uh, practiced this, and, and they fasted and prayed, and then there was revelation that came. And so there's all kinds of reasons why you would fast. I want to narrow, narrow that down for us today a little bit. But before we do that, here's um, some types of spiritual fast. I think they have a slide up here. Um, there's, there's really four four types that we see of spiritual fast and so as you guys are all getting ready to sign up for this right starting january 1 uh, i wanted to give you some options and and so so here we go number one a full fast or a total fast and usually what this is is zero food and often only water some people do um, just fruit juice and and so it's a total fast it's it's i am i'm not eating anything and then and i'm just going to drink water to sustain some people there's another there's another type of this that's a, that's called a supernatural total fast where you see a couple places in scripture where somebody went for 40 days or longer um, without food or water how many know that you do that without the supernatural power of god you die anyone know that about your, your body. Okay, so th that's why it was called a supernatural total fast. Most of the time with, uh, with a full fast or a total fast, there you, you drink water, you drink liquids. Um, and so there's that. Um, there's a Daniel fast. 
And uh, some people participate in that, and I've got some instructions for you on, uh, in fact, I think I emailed those out, and then um, Leslie has some um, newsletters out on the Welcome Center. If you guys want some instructions, if you want even more than that, I can get you more than that if you want to do a Daniel fast. But Daniel fast, you see that in the book of, uh, what, Ezra? Daniel. You see that in the book of Daniel? Daniel um, fasted this, and, and he, he didn't eat meat. He didn't drink, drink any alcoholic beverages. He didn't do anything that was like uh, any type of food that, that really tasted good, actually, like vegetables. Um, he only ate vegetables, and he only, you know, those types of things. And so you'll see some, some different things, grains and nuts and all of that stuff. But Daniel did that for, uh, for a period, well, the, the first time, I think it was for 10 days, and then the other time there was a 21-day uh, Daniel fast, and so uh, we're doing a 20-day fast, just shy, uh, and way less spiritual. If we would have added that extra day on, it would have, uh, I'm sure there'd been even more breakthrough, but uh, so 20 days, you could choose to do a Daniel fast. Um, there's all kinds of great stuff, especially if you've never fasted before. Daniel fast may be something where you're like, well, at least I can eat broccoli. At least I could have some carrots to go along with this, uh, so Daniel fasting. Then there's a partial fast. Now, actually, Daniel fast is the most common partial fast um, because it's not because you are still eating. Um, but a partial fast would be where you kind of decide um, I'm going to go without this and this and this. And so you kind of pray with the Lord and say, OK, I'm going to I'm not going to have, you know, whatever it might be. Maybe maybe you're just starting out fasting and you're a teenager and you're like, I'm going to give up Mountain Dew for you know, for 21 days or something like that. Um, so you get to you get to kind of choose. Another way you do a, a partial fast is where you fast from certain times to certain times. Um, it may be like from sun up to sundown. You you do you do a fast. You do a Daniel fast or you do a total fast. Maybe you pick certain times of the day or certain days of the week. But um, so if you're wanting some some ideas on that, definitely talk to me. But there's partial fast and then separately or in addition. Um, especially in our culture, a media fast. How many know that it'd be a good idea to detox off of media? Uh, for, for some in this room, I mean, it could be uh, smartphones and computers and social media and uh, uh, Netflix and cable and TV. I mean, it goes, right? I mean, and, and you're going to start to find your fingers are searching for something and, and it's got nothing because you're fasting media, right? And uh, This is huge. Uh, it brings incredible clarity to hearing the voice of God because you're shutting out the voices, you're shutting out the noise. Um, uh, I like to do this in addition to even other fasting and uh, kind of shutting out all of the media and then picking another way of fasting. But you may decide, um, in fact, this is a good thing as a family. I, we've done it as a family too, where we're saying uh, girls, and, and they don't quite understand it all, but it, it, the, the byproduct is we play games with them and we have some, some just more creative family time. So maybe as a family, you say for, for 20 days, we're not doing media. Now, um, I, I like to clarify that, you know, oftentimes for work you need electronics or, um, you know, so only what, what you need for communication or for work or for different things like that. But for entertainment purposes, no media, right? None of that. Only, only um, reading the word. Now, now there's other times, um, like I might listen to a sermon or I might, um, you know, read the word um, electronically or there might be some things like that that are more feeding you spiritually, but as far as entertainment goes, uh, we cut that all out. So here, here we go into some, some thoughts on fasting. First of all, um, sometimes in Christianity, the purpose of fasting kind of gets lost. 
you know, it's either we don't fast at all, that was just kind of a, an old time, Old Testament thing, or, or we fast with kind of some wrong motives or wrong theology. We, um, some people really feel like that if I fast, that it's just going to automatically just kind of move the hand of God and there's going to be greater breakthrough if I fast. And so I want to just kind of share a little bit on this so that we can all be on the same page and, and hopefully um, some really good uh, scriptural foundation with this. You know, the, here's this. Giving up food or something else important for a period of time doesn't necessarily by itself accomplish anything spiritual. You may, uh, you may have some health benefits uh, by fasting. In fact, there's doctors and there's, you can get great things out there that isn't spiritual that just say, hey, let's do some sort of a fast. And if you do a fast without prayer, without adding anything extra spiritual, you might lose some weight. You might feel better in your body, but it's not accomplishing anything spiritually. Uh, in fact, you could do a media fast and it just kind of gives you some extra time. And our culture just needs a media fast, even if they don't do anything spiritual. We just need, just need that. But when you combine it with prayer, when you combine it with some other spiritual practices, this can actually change your life and it can bring breakthrough. Um, there were actually people in the Bible that were rebuked by God for fasting with wrong motives and uh, forgetting how to like love people well in their spiritual fast. Now, I'll tell you, it, when you're fasting, it, you, you can get, have you ever heard the word hangry? <laughs> yeah, like you could become not a nice person when you don't have food and you don't, right? And, and so uh, there was a, well, watch this, Isaiah 58. This is, uh, this is what God said um, to a bunch of people. First of all, they talked to him. They said, they said, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it. They're talking to God. Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day, this is God talking back to them. He says, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife. You know, so if you have some more marital problems that, um, during your fast than before, think, you know, think what's going on, right? Your, your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. This is crazy talk. You, can, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. In other words, there were people that were practicing this spiritual discipline of fasting, and God says, I, I, I don't hear you. Like, it, it, this isn't working. It's doing something, but it's not doing anything for me. Verse 5, he says, Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? And so, so we first have to understand that this isn't, fasting isn't just, you know, for me to, to, to find breakthrough, and it isn't just for me to humble myself and, and look, look spiritual, more spiritual than the other person. Fasting is really this place of communion with the Lord. I, I think it, like, jumpstarts some things in our life. We, we don't fast all the time, but every once in a while, we bring this spiritual discipline of fasting in to kind of say, okay, God, um, we're going to, like, bring everything into alignment Right now, we're going to hear your voice even more clearly. Matthew chapter 6, starting verse 16, it, he says, Jesus is talking. He says, when you fast. In, in other words, Jesus uh, promoted fasting. He, he said, it's okay, it's okay to fast. He says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. 
In other words, Jesus is saying, I don't, I don't want it to, like, I don't want it to, like, be super obvious that you're fasting. Like, like, still, like, bathe, and still put on the, the good smelly stuff, and, and still put on, like, you know, like, good oils and things like that, you know, and st- lotions and everything. He's like, don't, don't let it be, like, super obvious that you're, like, doing, that you're doing a spiritual practice. Let it be between you and the Lord. He says, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and then your Father who sees what is done in secret, what is he going to do? He'll reward you. I like that phrase. There, you know, um, there's all kinds of thoughts about fasting, like does fasting automatically do this? Or is fasting, if I fast, then I'm going to get my answer and all this. I don't think that there's things automatic, and I'm going to share about that in a minute. But what I do know is when it's done the right way, when there's right motives, and you're doing this with a pure heart, there is rewards. There is rewards. He looks at, I think God looks at that, and he says, he says, man, you're, you're drawing near to me and, and you're doing it with right motives and, and this isn't this some pride thing, some spiritual haughtiness. And I think he draws near. That's probably his biggest reward is his closeness. But there's other things that, that I think you'll find, uh, maybe even breakthrough in some areas that you're praying for. Uh, so he'll reward you. Any spiritual discipline can become unspiritual if it's, if it's no longer bringing you close to God. Did, did, did you know that? I hope you hear that. Any spiritual discipline can, be un, can become unspiritual. Uh, in other words, I can just, I can go through the motions with something, and it's just kind of, you know, making me feel better about myself, maybe, maybe hopefully making myself look good to others. For some other weird reason, I'm, you know, you can be even doing your year through the Bible and not getting anything out of it. I mean, there's, uh, I like to say that I, I read for, for revelation, not just information. Uh, uh, are you guys listening hopefully you understand there are spiritual disciplines that are good that are designed to to bring you close to God but if you're doing those spiritual disciplines without the spirit like it's like what's the point like hopefully what you're doing is you're just saying God I want to grow close to you that's why I'm going to fast I want to grow close to you so I'm going to spend consistent time in your word I want to grow close to you so I'm going to pray so I'm going to listen you know one of the one of the biggest spiritual disciplines I was talking with somebody the other week one of the biggest spiritual disciplines that I think that that we lose especially in maybe in the evangelical world is um, the spiritual discipline of silence you know, there's like there's people there's like there's like even there's monks and there's people that that they have they they take uh, huge long vows of silence. I wonder um, if they can hear God better. I mean, we we start our days right, and we start our days to alarm clocks and kids crying and uh, radios preset and and people cutting us off and all kinds of noise going on in our head after that and then and then getting to work and bosses and and all of this and i mean and oh my goodness there's just so much noise i wonder what would happen if we took some time and just were silent like if when was the last time you were silent no noise for even like 10 minutes and just said lord if you want to say anything you can say something i i uh, uh oh Let's see, it was Mother Teresa and a, and a news anchor, um, Dan Rather. Do you guys remember Dan Rather years ago? And Dan Rather was interviewing Mother Teresa, and he said, he said so when you, uh, when you pray to God, what do you say? And she said, well, I, uh, I don't say anything. I, I listen. He said, okay. Uh, so when, God, uh, uh, when, when you pray to God, what, what, what does he say? And, and she says, well, he doesn't say anything. He listens. 
And he was, he was like, uh, in the interview, <laughs> like, there's this principle of just being with the Lord. It's, it's this intimacy thing. For guys, it's kind of weird. You're like, because God is this, is this male figure throughout Scripture. But uh, I just encourage us, men and women in this room, to find a place of intimacy where you can just be, where you can just listen. Maybe it's when you first wake up and, and you just lay there in your bed. Maybe you find your chair or your spot and you just wait. Maybe before you go into work, you sit in your car for five minutes just in silence. Maybe on your way to work, instead of listening to anything, it's just silent. Because, uh, man, I think silence is one of those spiritual pr principles that is missing. Um, yeah, all right. Fasting doesn't always uh, equal breakthrough. Um, I think thinking that way, thinking that fasting always equals breakthrough, um, it can become this weird thing where we're almost doing it in a, in a manipulative way. Where uh, Have you ever heard about praying your own will? You know, the, the best types of prayers. Now, how many know that you can pray and you can ask? The Bible says, that, you know, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find. But this praying our own will is really me coming to the Lord and just with my list and me just kind of declaring my own things. The best place to come in prayer is to say, Lord, how do you want me to pray? What do you want me to say? Even bring in your situation. How many know that you have some situations that you need breakthrough in? Even bring in your situation. I might bring it, and I might just lay it before the Lord, my financial thing, my marriage thing, my family thing, my church thing, whatever it might be. And I lay it before the Lord, and I just say, Lord, how do you want me to pray? Lord, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? Lord, uh, help me step back from this and, and not have my own selfish motives involved. And, and so fasting, we'll, we'll see here in a second, it's, it can be part of this whole area of breakthrough, but if we go into fasting with this idea that fasting equals breakthrough, not only can you have a tendency to pray your own will, but you may be really disappointed. Really disappointed. We have to be careful not to just pray our will or our preferred outcome, but rather God's will and God's heart into the situation. So here's, here's three quick things. These are my, my three purposes for fasting, and um, maybe this will help you. Number one, um, one number one reason to, to fast is it kills my flesh. This is a, this is a good thing. Now, now, flesh isn't always a, a, a bad thing, but flesh is just kind of that neutral place oftentimes where it's like, um, you know, like, for instance, it's not, it's not necessarily bad to watch TV. It's not necessarily bad to listen to music. It's not necessarily bad to eat food. I mean, no, you got to eat food. It's, it's not, not necessarily bad to drink pop as far as sinful, right? It might be bad, but it's not, not sinful. And, and so, but what I'm doing when I'm fasting is I am intentionally killing my flesh. I'm saying this thing is not more important than God. Fasting is designed to kill my fleshly desires for the purpose of refocusing my attention and my desire on the Lord. I mean, there's been, um, I, I, I only, I share some of my fasting experience with you only for, for teaching purposes. It, it, it's not necessarily a good habit to sit there and, and just kind of go and like share war stories on fasting. You know, fasting is this, is this personal place between you and the Lord. But, um, but there's been some, some great, I remember when I, I think I was 16 years old when I did my first lengthy fast. My, par I, my parents were talking with me. They, they just didn't want to get turned into like, you know, DHS or anything. So they were just making sure, you know, like, uh, like what, are we, what are we doing? Are you getting enough calories and all this stuff? And I did 40 days when I was 16 years old and, uh, and just juice and liquids and all of that stuff. And man, 
my goodness, I, I tell you what, like, it absolutely killed my flesh, and, and some, some other things, too, but it, you know, so, but even at 16, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what, if we have any 16-year-olds in, in this room, but this isn't just an adult practice. This could be something that, that no matter how old you are, you say, you know what, Lord, I want you to do something in my life, and that was my heart at 16 years old. Um, 16 was a dramatic year spiritually for me. It was where um, I, I think I, I experienced the power and presence of God for the very first time that I could remember. It was, it was the time of my, my first uh, fast ever. It was all kinds of spiritual things were shifted. This may be something for you that you say, you know what, I am starting this new year and I will encounter God and I will uh, uh, go after breakthrough and shift in my life. It's not that what I'm sacrificing is necessarily bad. It's just that I'm saying my desire for food or this activity is not greater than my desire for God, and I'm going to show this by fasting. Uh, I like uh, Luke 9. This is kind of the, the fasted life. Luke 9, verse 23, it says this, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross, how often? Daily, and follow me. This is, this is really the fasted lifestyle. This is really saying, okay, if I'm going to follow Jesus, then even those things that, that seem good can often be the enemy of best. And so I'm going to, I'm going to fast. I'm going to lay those things, even those good things down for a season, sometimes forever, because I want to follow him. Here, number two, not only does it kill my flesh, number two, fasting, it brings clarity. Fasting brings clarity. Um, this is, this is my thought, is that it, it activates your spirit. It's one of those things that activates your spirit. What we find is John chapter 4. Jesus is meeting with the, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and they're having this, this encounter, and, and she's, she's feeling like, well, well true, you know, true worshipers worship on this, on this mountain, and, and you guys worship there in the temple, and Jesus has a moment with her, and he says this. He says this. He says, God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship in, the, in spirit and in truth. In, in other words, there's, there's this place where it's not just head knowledge. It's not just the, the, the truth, the, the written word of God. It's also the spirit. The, when our spirit gets activated, another place in that passage, it says that God is spirit. And true worshipers must worship in spirit. Uh, um, Ephesians says that, that uh, Jesus is seated in heavenly realms. And guess what? Guess where you're seated? You're also seated in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. There, I, I've often wondered, well, how do you get that? That doesn't make sense. I'm seated in heavenly realms, and yet I'm seated here in, in the sanctuary. Uh, it, it makes sense in the Bible. I'm seated in heavenly realms, but I don't experience that in real life. This is that place where you access that seated in the heavenly realms is when our spirit gets activated. So in the fall, in, in Genesis, when, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit and sin came into the world, it messed up everything. It destroyed everything. I believe this. I believe in, in the original design in the book of Genesis that we were created spirit, soul, and body. In other words, we were designed for our spirit to tell our body and our soul what to do. We were, we were created as spiritual beings. In fact, you're a spirit that just happens to have a body. You, your primary identity is, is spirit. You are a spirit. I think that that's how God created everything in the book of Genesis, was spirit, soul, and body. And then sin happened, and everything went upside down, and now we were body, soul, and spirit. 
And so your, your body now, your flesh, the, this part of you that just is not necessarily bad, it just kind of is. It, it, it's the part of you that desires food and desires this and desires passions and, and all of this stuff. Your body oftentimes controls our soul and our spirit. Our spirit's down here, he, 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 I, I, you know, help, right? Usually, like, our spirit doesn't get to, doesn't get to have any say in anything. And, and so how do you live spiritually? You live spiritually when you activate your spirit. And, and, and that's, that's going to be times like you come to church. Usually, for, for the average Christian, church is like the only time in the week where their spirit gets activated. They're in worship, and all of a sudden, boop, 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 spirit, right? Their spirit's on top, spirit, soul, and body. They're, they are uh, really spiritual for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours if the preacher's really long. And and, and this is good, and we're, we, we got two hours of activating our spirit and, and living spiritually, and then we walk out that door, and zoop, and now we're body, soul, and spirit again. Some of the ways that we activate our spirit is worship and prayer, but one of the, one of the, uh, one of the really good ways is by killing our flesh. You kill your flesh, and through prayer and worship, you activate your spirit. You guys with me? Oh, it, it's, it's just, man, it, it's some of these things that you don't always learn um, in Christianity. This is, like, this is just like discipleship 101, is that, is that our default mode right now, our default mode until Jesus comes back, is to operate body, soul, and spirit. It wasn't original design, but it's our default mode right now. And, and so in order to live spiritually, you have to intentionally activate your spirit and kill your flesh. Wow, uh, that was at least good for me. Fasting brings laser focus to how I should pray. When my spirit's activated, um, there's, there's greater clarity. Um, sometimes we go into, there, there's things that we're praying for, there's things that we're pressing in for, and it just feels foggy. I don't know if you ever feel just kind of just foggy when you're praying. You're like, I don't even know what to pray, or I'm just, I'm just praying certain, and, and you're just like, I don't know, it feels foggy. But when, you, when you're fasting, when you're praying, when you're doing these spiritual activities, all of a sudden there's clarity in, in how to pray and what to pray for. Um, when my flesh is killed for the purpose of refocusing my attention and my spirit is activated, then I've set myself up for clarity in my prayer life. How many would like to like pray on purpose instead of like this buckshot scattered thing and hopefully you hit something? That's what, fasting helps to like zero you in. If Pastor Bo was preaching, he would, he would share like a hunting story and um, that's, that's just not me. I like to ask God questions like, how do you want me to pray? What is your heart for this situation? And then what? Wait for his response. That's like the, that's the hard part is just waiting. Here, lastly, watch this. Number three. This is the, the, this is the reason for, for fasting is it moves the heart of God. Uh, yes, there's, there's breakthrough sometimes that happens and there, there's, there's supernatural things and, and miracles. But the primary reason that we fast isn't because it moves his hand. It's because it moves his heart. It moves his heart. Instead of fasting moving the hand of God, it moves the heart of God. I believe he sees someone fasting with right motives, and it moves his heart to, to draw near. Um, he, he sees someone that's saying, you know what, I'm going to intentionally push pause on these things that aren't even bad, but are just, that are just a, a product of my flesh. I'm just going to push pause on those for a season. And I think he looks at that, and he says, man, I want to draw near. I want to come near to them. Um, 
do you know when, uh, I, I at least know with my children, do you know when, like, when your child is, is asking with, with wrong motives? Have you ever, um, like, I, I know, like, when Kaylee or Aria especially, and, and uh, Lydia is just too young right now, but I'm sure one day, but when they come to me, and, and they're, uh, they're just kind of, I know when they just want something from me, they don't just want to be near, like, like there's times when, uh, when they cuddle, and Aria, Aria is probably the, one of the best cuddlers, and she'll come in, and she'll just kind of be in, in the chair with me, and all of this, and twirls her hair, and she, she doesn't twirl my hair, but she twirls her, twirls her hair, and, uh, but, uh, so I love that, I love the cuddling aspect, but I also, there's times when they come up, and they're just like, oh, daddy, and they're put, they're like, you guys with me, and they, and they come up, and they sit next to me, and I just know, like, something's off, and then probably about a minute and a half later, hey, dad, could I, or dad, could I have, and it's like, oh, man, I, this, you ruined it. We were having a moment, and you just ruined it. You know, what could, just ask me first. I, sorry. <laughs> I, I think that we do that with the Lord sometimes, where instead of, instead of, like, drawing near to him relationally, we, we either bring our lists, or we bring our, just our, our motives. It might not even be bad. It's just, it's just, this is what I need. This is my, this is the breakthrough I want, and we treat him like this. We treat him like a cosmic gumball machine in the sky that you just put a quarter in and get an answer out, and I, I think that there are sometimes where people even treat fasting that way. I'm going to fast so that I can have breakthrough with the house I want to buy. I'm going to fast so that I can, even something more spiritual and I'm going to fast for, you know, my healing, or I'm going to fast for my breakthrough, and those aren't necessarily bad things. He would just rather you fast so that you could be near to, near to him, and he could be near to you. He really likes you. He really likes spending time with you. I mean, if that could be the primary motive, I guarantee you, uh, what's he say in Matthew? He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then what? Then all these things will be added unto you. I, st- I do love my kids, though. <laughs> I think God loves it when someone decides to sacrifice something for him for a period of time in order to just spend time with him. Um, I don't believe the results are automatic, but Scripture does indicate some rewards. I'm going to sh- sh- share some of those rewards with you right now. Matthew 6, 18, we read a few minutes ago, and after he says, basically, Jesus said this, if you fast the right way, there's going to be a reward. And I'm like, man, that's good. I'm, I, I like rewards. Anybody like rewards? I like rewards. Um, uh, Daniel, um, after fasting, after fasting for a period of 21 days, Daniel had like a supernatural vision, like an encounter. Uh, oftentimes there are results on the back end of fasting where you're like, I fasted and then this happens. It, those are really cool. The early church fasted for direction and they got direction. Um, Isaiah 58, we read kind of that negative part. This is the positive. If you do it the right way, Isaiah 58 Starting in verse 8, the Lord's talking. He says, then, after fasting, after fasting the right way, then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. He'll, he'll be your protection. And then you will call, and the Lord will answer. Anyone need the Lord to answer? Absolutely. You'll call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the the pointing finger and malicious talk. I just think that, um, you know, God's desire is for us to seek his heart before we seek his hand. And um, and so I want to draw close to him relationally. I want it to be about intimacy with him. 
all of these things, I think they're on his heart. This breakthrough, supernatural healing and freedom, all of that's on his heart. As we go into 20 days of prayer and fasting as a church, man, there's, there's all kinds of stuff that we could pray for. Man, we could pray for the finances of the church. We could pray for greater impact in the community. We could pray for growth, all of that corporately. There's all kinds of things we could pray for individually. Anybody need breakthrough in your life? There's all kinds of stuff that we could pray for. And I'm not saying let's not pray for those things. I'm saying could we first, could we like number one, say, God, I want to take these 20 days, and on the backside of 20 days, I want to be closer to you then than I am today. I want to have greater clarity of your voice. I want to have a greater sense of your presence after 20 days of prayer and fasting than I did when I, when I started. Could that be like our, our goal, our number one goal? And I guarantee you, you do that, some of these things you need to shift in your life are going to shift. Breakthrough comes as a result of me praying the way God wants me to pray, having a sense of closeness and intimacy with God, and declaring His truth into what I'm praying for. Here's this last quote, and then we're out. Prayer in agreement with his heart will bring the breakthrough we all desire, but most of all, the breakthrough that he desires. You guys ready to fast? <laughs> ready to do this? Can we, we're going we to get this thing on. <laughs> Even if you're a guest with us, go ahead and partner with us and take the next, next 20 days, uh, January 1 through 20. Go ahead and, and try it out. Just try it. I've got some resources for you. Um, ushers, do we have... Um, there's a there's a you're gonna get it on the way out on the way out we've we've got these uh prayer booklets that give you some guides to prayer maybe maybe even prayers foreign to you and we've got some prayer booklets that we'd like you to take with you in a few weeks i've got a i've got a, a book that, that we bought from stephanie monthy and we're gonna give everybody a book um that's gonna help you grow in your intimacy with the lord and teach you how to just wait and listen on the lord that's gonna be incredible um so we want to resource you but let's let's go into this new year with greater focus greater intimacy greater breakthrough I'm excited. I, I truly am. Joy in fasting. I think it, you, you think that's a good idea, Scott? Come on, man. Jesus all over this room. Let's stand as we get ready to leave. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to bring in this new year. Lord, I love the concept in Scripture that we do our part and you do your part. And Lord, our part is so tiny compared to your part, but you do require it. Lord, you require us to be fully engaged with our heart. Lord, you require us, us to take these small steps of faith. Lord, you require us sometimes to kill our flesh and to activate our spirit. Lord, there's some things that you do require of us. Lord, I thank you that your part is so much greater. And Lord, we come into agreement with that over these next few weeks. God, that, that uh, we would do our part and you would do your part that there would be breakthrough, that there would be freedom, that there would be all of these things we're praying for. But most of all, God, Lord, would you draw near? Lord, would you draw near as people are praying in their cars on their way to work? Would you draw near in their homes as they set aside uh, uh, places of prayer? Lord, would you draw near? I, Lord, I believe that there's going to be greater uh, family times of prayer and worship over these next 20 days. God, I thank you that you're doing that in homes all across our church. Lord, selfishly, I, I, I pray that you would just have a, a greater outpouring of your presence in our church over these next few weeks and, and the greater part of 2019. Lord, that the, you would bring revival. Lord, that you would bring miracles. Lord, that there would be people saved and set free. God, that this would be a year that we could look back 
at the end of 2019 and just be amazed that, and say only God could have done that. Only God could have done that. And it's because of Jesus we pray. Let's worship him in this one last song. I'm just going to invite the prayer teams forward and you can just come into the altar and um, if you need to go in a few minutes here you can go we like to just create this place as an atmosphere of prayer and worship and stay as long as you like